I'm Nicole Holcomb, the host of the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast. I help moms raising children with dyslexia get clarity to set goals for their children to thrive with dyslexia. What do I mean by thrive? So many children with dyslexia are struggling academically, who aren't yet identified with dyslexia, or they aren't receiving enough remediation. And as a result, these kiddos are experiencing low self-esteem, low self-confidence, and high levels of anxiety. I help moms create plans to address the academic, social, and emotional goals while recognizing and nurturing their children's strengths and passions. With over 20 years of experience as an educator and school counselor, and more importantly, as a mom raising an amazing daughter with dyslexia, I get it. I can't wait to help you get clarity and ditch the dead end for a road to thrive. Let's get started. You are listening to episode 85. I am so glad that you're here with us today. I am going to be talking about money. Yes, you heard it right. This dyslexia podcast is going to be about money. But hold on before you switch off to another podcast. This is what I'm going to be sharing with you today three ways you can save money on educational expenses. Now, many of you have shared with me that there are many types of services that your child or children are starting or, for many of us, continuing this school year. These are expenses, these services are expenses that are personal expenses, right? You've got private tutoring. That tutoring could be reading tutoring or math tutoring. For some of you, it may be both, right? Speech therapy, occupational therapy. I mean, that's just to name a few. And some of you may even be like us, paying for a private dyslexia school or a private school that's providing services for your child. And I know a handful of you are even just getting home literally in the last week from summer dyslexia camps. Well, I have some good news. These costs, although they can add up quickly in a school year and can be expensive for a family, did you know that you can be reimbursed for some of your child's dyslexia educational expenses? Now, before I share the three ways to save on educational expenses, I want to say up front, this is not legal advice and this is not tax advice. This is information I have learned over the years or I've had people share in our private Facebook group or I've just you know learned through working with some of the schools. And so the information I'm going to give you is just that is informational. I want you to take it back and figure out your next steps. But I want you to be aware because many people are not aware. So again, not tax advice. So you should absolutely consult your CPA for that tax advice as it relates to your individual financial needs for your family. But like I said, I am finding more and more families who are not aware of these couple of ways that literally could save you thousands of dollars in money each year. So I'm giving you a gift today as it relates to money. And no, I will not be sending you any money in the mail. However, I'm going to share with you a few things that can help you save money 
for this year, okay? And the years going forward. And there may be things that you just, you know, as you're going through your dyslexia journey, and if you're new on the journey, you may not have taken time to really think through some of these other pieces that could save you money down the road. Or maybe you have been in the middle of your journey and just no one's told you. So I hope these three ways to save will be helpful to you today. The first one is a flexible savings account or a health savings account. Now, you may be eligible through your employer to open one of these accounts. These are pre-tax accounts where you can go ahead and designate out of your paycheck before you receive it, I'm going to put, you know, $500, $1,000. You know, you have to look to see what your employer will allow you to put in, what the max is for the year, and then they'll divide it out among your paychecks. The good news about that is, you know, and you may be familiar with that because people use that for um, doctor's visits. They may use it for uh, medication that's recurring each month. And so you, you probably are familiar with a health savings plan. What you might not be familiar with is that you may be eligible for reimbursement for tuition for special needs schooling. Not to mention speech therapy and some other services your child is receiving. Many times, though, what I have found is you have to have a letter from your child's doctor. They call this a letter of medical necessity to be eligible for reimbursement. Now, now before we get much further in the podcast, let me just tell you, you don't have to worry about taking a bunch of notes today. I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes and you will be able to find resources there. And I will spell out, you know, everything that we talked about today, literally. So you will have everything you need there. So if you're walking or driving or cooking dinner, don't worry, I've got you. It's okay. And you can find those at dyslexiamomlife.com backslash episode 85. And again, if you're driving, when you get home, just go to dyslexiamomlife.com. You'll see the podcast link there and you can look at the podcast and find what you need. No problem. I got you covered. So with the flexible savings accounts and the health savings accounts, those are going to save you pre-tax dollars again, where you get reimbursement. And how are we able to do that is because from the health industry and the medical industry, they look at dyslexia and even for some ADHD, we'll look at that as a medical diagnosis. And when they look at it from a medical diagnosis standpoint, then they allow you to use these medical necessity letters to actually get reimbursed. Okay, so that's the first one. Your HSA could be your best friend now. Okay, the second one is what's called a 529 plan. If you're familiar with a 529 plan, you are familiar with it probably because you have been saving or planning on saving for your child's college expenses. What you may not know, though, is that K-12 private school tuition can also be pulled out of your 529 account. So not only is it a great way to save for college by growing the savings free from federal taxes, and in some states like Georgia, we even save up to a certain amount in state taxes. It's not taxable. So it's not, even though it's considered income, they, they funnel it kind of like an IRA. So what's interesting about a 529 plan is, and I didn't know this at the beginning of our journey, is that you can put money in there and then withdraw it back out to pay for private school. Now, for those of you that have multiple children and they may not all be in a dyslexia school or you're considering moving one or multiple children to a private school, 
you don't have to, like the first one, you had to have a you know medical necessity letter. The 529 plans, you do not. You can just elect to pull that money out to pay for private school tuition. So that's that's neat. That's a, that's a really neat benefit. Again, though, like I said a few minutes ago, this is informational purposes. So I would, if I were you, check the 529 account plans in your state. You can also buy those in other states and kind of see what the comparison is there as far as what the limitations are. Because these investments, I mean, those grow tax-free. And the withdrawal from a 529 account, you can use those to pay expenses that are eligible, of course, that are not subject to federal income tax. And you could spend up to, at this point, based on what I can see so far today, up to $10,000 per beneficiary. So for each student, you can use up to $10,000 annually on eligible expenses, which is not, you know, subject to federal income tax. That can be for tuition, for books, for related expenses, as far as tech fees and expenses. You know, again, looking at what those requirements are for your 529 plan. And what's neat too is anyone can open one. So sometimes a grandparent may open an account or maybe another relative or friend. You know, maybe you've got a godparent that wants to to contribute to college or maybe even wants to contribute to a private school tuition. Uh, this is a great way for them to contribute and it also to be, you know, um, eligible for uh, some tax breaks there for them. So the other thing to, to keep in mind is, is there's no income restrictions for applying for this uh, contribution and where other, where other things we may talk about may have some income restrictions. And so that's, that's nice as well. Now, in Georgia, where we're at, we have available to us something called Georgia Path to College 529 plan, and there's actually no annual contribution limit at this time. There is a maximum account balance your child can have, uh, but the other piece that's, that's very interesting is, as a Georgia taxpayer, we can deduct those contributions from our state income tax return up to $4,000 per student if married or filing jointly. Now, if you're single, then that's $2,000 per year. Again, don't hold me to those numbers. Those have been pretty steady for a while. However, check whenever you might be listening to this. It may be, you know, the day it comes out or maybe two years from now, you know, check to see what the current status is in the tax law. You can do that very quickly by just Googling. You know, just put in Google is like your new best friend. You can put in 529 plan special education or medical, you know, expenses, or for this one, you can put 529 plan private schools would probably be more applicable to this one. And then it will give you information for what we talked about earlier with the HSA plan. I would just call your, you know, whoever's holding, whoever your carrier is at your employer that holds your, um, you know, your medical information. And usually that's through an HR office. But for this particular one, for the 529 plan, you are going to go through whoever you determine is going to hold those funds for you, whatever kind of 529 plan. And again, it can be in your state, but it doesn't have to be. You can choose another state as well. Okay, are you completely confused? Because I don't want you to be confused at this point. So the first way is, you know, you can get actually reimbursed. Like we do this for our speech services. We get reimbursed through our HSA plan. We just... You know, we actually have a credit card, a debit card-like thing that we use, and they take that money out. We know how much money we've put in. It's a great way because it never hits our checking account, but we get it tax-free. So it's just a little benefit there. You're spending it anyway, so why not get it tax-free? Why not not have to pay for that? And then with a 529 plan, again, another completely optional piece that you can do 
but it actually can save you money from a tax perspective. And then if you've got that money back to you, you can use it for other things, right? And then finally, I wanted to share with you as well, before we go, actually, before we go to tip three, also in the show notes, I have found a link that I've included to what they call a 529 savings calculator for private K-12 tuition. So again, you can find that in the show notes at the dyslexiamomlife.com backslash episode 85. And the calculator is very helpful. Uh, You're able to plug in your personal information as far as how much you need to save for your child. It'll tell you how much, you know, expense that will be. It'll show you how much savings you will have from using that plan. And it, it, you know, just really walks you through what you need to know as far as that savings calculator, you know, what the age of your child is, what enrollment in the grade, you know, what are the monthly contributions, and then it will tell you your tax, I'm looking at it right now, it tells you your tax savings, what that will be in federal taxes, uh, it says this is the cost you would have to cover tuition when you put that in, and so it's really nice because it tells you exactly, you know, kind of what you're looking at if that's something you're interested in. And then the third one, is where you can really save thousands of dollars, (laughs) like I talked about at the very beginning of the episode. So the federal tax deduction. So many people don't know about this, but the IRS allows parents of children with disabilities to deduct the cost associated with special education that are considered medical expenses. And the IRS recognizes dyslexia and ADHD as medical conditions that interfere with a child's ability to learn. So again, with a recommendation from your child's doctor, you may be able to deduct some educational expenses as a medical expense. So you may think, well, what are some examples of educational expenses? I can share with you what I found, but again... This is something you want to have a conversation with your CPA on. You know, they might not be aware. So ask them about, you know, those expenses. Many times it's under the medical expenses as far as your deductions. But some of the educational expenses I've seen covered where people have said, yes, I was able to get a federal tax deduction for this. Here are a few examples. Cost of a qualified tutor. So if you're using a private tutor to provide remediation, That may be something that you can turn around and claim as a medical expense. Our tutor that we've had in the past, who was a private dyslexia tutor, she would send me at the end of the year an itemized list of what we had paid, and then I could turn around and give that to my CPA. So also keeping in mind, so you can let your tutor know that you need that that documentation. And keep in mind, like I said, we're in August now, so it may be that you even want to go back and capture last spring, especially if you use someone different. Go ahead and reach out to that person and get that documentation. So you're not like me, and you're running around uh, in January trying to get all your tax stuff together. And then tuition for special schools. So what I call immersion schools uh, are schools that are specifically for remediation of dyslexia. My daughter attends one. Every child in the building is dyslexic, and the purpose of that school is to remediate children with dyslexia. It is not a school you come and stay at. It is a school that is a transition school to come and be remediated. Now, how many years that looks like is based on the individual child. But some of the schools that are dyslexia schools are 
perhaps even some that are language-based schools. Some schools kind of characterize themselves as more of a language-based, and they broaden it a little larger than just dyslexia. And so they may look at processing disorders. They may look at speech-language disorders. But if that school is a specialty school for that particular thing, then that could be an expense that can be reimbursed. Now, what might be more iffy is if your child is in a private school, they've been in that private school, now they have a diagnosis, and so now you've got them in, um, maybe a, maybe they've got a special uh, study skills or a special academic skill. Like everybody calls it something different, but maybe they have a program within the school you know, that may or may not be covered. It's when we're talking about these specialized uh, treatments is really what they call it. They look at it as more of a medical care and so they don't look at or they won't look at if a child goes to a school for behavior concerns, for example. They are looking specifically at what type of medical care is being provided. That's got to be the main reason that you're claiming the deduction. Now, they'll even allow deductions for school-related transportation and lodging and meals. We've had families that have driven over an hour to get to the school you know, cost of evaluations, some form of mental health treatments. So really, it depends on your situation as, as it relates to that. And also, this one does depend on your adjusted gross income. So I'm going to give you a very, hopefully, straightforward example with some very um, kind of low numbers, but just so you can kind of get a, a feel for what I'm talking about. So currently, your medical expenses have to exceed 7.5% of your adjusted growth income, gross income. Sorry, And so before you're able to take this, this particular expense out, because this is considered under your federal tax deduction under your medical expenses. So if you have other medical expenses as a family, this just goes on top of all of those expenses. Let me give you an example. I'll learn better from examples. So let's say in 2021, uh, you know, you had a qualified, unreimbursed medical expense that was more than 7.5% of your income, okay, your adjusted gross income. So let's say your adjusted gross income, for the, for the sake of numbers, is $40,000. So at that 7.5%, anything you paid... Uh, beyond $3,000, so the first $3,000 you would not get reimbursed for. But anything above that, which would be that 7.5% of your annual, I'm sorry, your adjusted, I don't know why I keep wanting to say annual, your adjusted gross income could be deductible. So what does that mean? It means if you had $10,000 in medical bills, 7000 of them could be deductible. So if you're in a school where the tuition is $10,000 or you're paying for tutoring and some other speech and other expenses related to dyslexia, ADHD, if you have $10,000 in medical bills, then you are able to, to get a deduction up to $7,000. That's thousands of dollars back in your pocket. So, as it comes to paying for dyslexia educational expenses, you have three options. You have those flexible savings accounts or health savings accounts. You have the 529 plan where you can put money in and then pull money back out without any type of tax um, implications there, depending, again, on the amount of monies that you put in and what you take out. And then you have that federal tax deduction that we just talked about, which is really a, the medical expense that itemized when you're itemizing your, your deductions. 
So again, be sure to reach out to your health your health insurance provider also because they sometimes will have things in place where they pay for some of the expenses and may be covered. Like for example, your speech therapy. I don't know if you've thought about that already. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. That's worked for us where our health insurance would cover X amount of money because that person was in our network. So there are different ways And yes, this is more that invisible parenting, things that we have to do to get as much as we can so that we can continue to provide the best educational resources for our child. And it's hard. Dyslexia is a expensive remediation plan. It is not cheap because unfortunately, a lot of the things that we have to do as parents, we have to go for outside private resources, uh, at least in the part of the country I live in. And so we have to go outside of our public school systems and outside of what's provided to us to get those additional services. Even if you're in a private school like we are, you may still have some other expenses like speech therapy, occupational therapy, things that we've already discussed. And so thinking about those other medical expenses, you know, if your spouse is handling your taxes, uh, he or she might not even realize that this is additional monies on top that you can be deducting or that you can be using your health savings account for. So again, it's time for a, you know maybe a family discussion on what it looks like and then what you're going to and have been paying for this current year. And then going into August, you know, August through December, what are you going to be paying and what could be possibly a tax deduction? And sometimes your tax provider, your CPA, unless they've worked with families before as it relates to special needs, and and you would think in this day and time they have, right? But I know with our CPA, once we brought it up, she did do some research and was able to work with us. But, you know, I went ahead and pulled all those resources together to send to her so that we could, you know, get what we needed. So, If you're not familiar, then go to, uh, you know, the show notes. I'll have links to all these pieces, even to the IRS links so that you can share that with your CPA and y'all can have conversations. And then you as a family can have conversations about, should we start a 529 plan? I'll be honest, we don't have one, but my husband and I were just talking about it the other night. I was like, we should have a 529 plan. Like we need to get ahead a little bit (laughs) so we can put our monies in a 529 that will then help us at tax season to be able to, to keep a little bit more of our money so that we can do other things as a family besides just pay for remediation out of every little extra, you know, bit of money you have because it is thousands of dollars many times to go through the remediation process. So be sure to consult with your CPA for your individual legal and well your tax advice and as it relates to the the tax code and you know join our community. We have a Dyslexia Mom Life podcast community uh, on Facebook. It is a private uh, Facebook Uh, group. And so, you know, you can get in that very, very easily. There are amazing moms in there that are raising, you know, kiddos with dyslexia, just like you, and they are there for you. We are here there for you. And I look forward to meeting you and seeing you in the group. So remember, you got this. Go figure out how to capture a couple of those thousands of dollars that you've been spending this year and have an amazing week.